Hey everybody, I'm Kara and welcome to All the Foods I've Loved. On this podcast, we talk relationships and food and whole health. And together we explore what it looks like to live a fully connected and embodied life. You're going to be given permission to get messy. And just like in the kitchen, you're going to be given permission to invite people into the mess. And then you're going to realize that we make beautiful lives by getting messy. The truth is that when you get connected to your body, you unlock your life. Hey everybody, I'm Kara. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I've been a little bit MIA uh, these past few weeks in the content world. I've been a little um, silent on social media and on my podcast and in my newsletter, mostly because I was getting married. <laughs> That's right. I was out in uh, Pioneer Town, California, getting married to my now husband, Caleb. And you guys, it was so much fun. It was the best day of our lives. It was, it was a blast. We had a desert wedding, everything outside. And, um, as you can imagine, <laughs> planning a wedding during this time was crazy, but it, it worked out seamlessly. And I, I'm living in wedded bliss and lots of gratitude these days. So I'll do another episode, um, just about that whole journey and meeting him and all of that. But I am pumped to come back to you today with today's episode because my guest is the one and only Mikkel Kowinga. Um, most of you probably know her on Instagram and in the social world as Nutrition Stripped. And Mikkel is a wisdom bomb when it comes to wellness. She is a wellness guru. She is absolutely insightful and phenomenal and gentle and compassionate when it comes to talking about our health journeys. And so today on the podcast, we talk about how to eat mindfully. We talk about how to trust ourselves and we talk about how to think big picture when it comes to our health. Mikkel is a huge advocate of not only nourishing the physical body, but looking at the holistic approach, looking at all the other factors that play a role uh, in our lives when it comes to wellness. You're going to love her insight. You're going to walk away feeling inspired and with a new compassionate lens towards your own health journey. One thing that I loved that came out of this specific episode is this concept of really, really leaning into trusting ourselves. And if you know anything about my own journey, that's been a war that I have had to fight. Like, how do I actually not only trust myself, but trust my body? And I feel like the world opened up for me, <laughs> opened up for me when I learned how to do that. You're going to love, um, you're going to love this this conversation. I'm really excited for you to dive in. Mikkel is a certified nutritionist. She guides thousands of people on their health journey. You can find all of her information at nutritionstrip.com, but let's go ahead and dive into what she has to say. Mikkel, hello. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me, Kara. I'm so glad you're here. How are you doing? I, today I'm doing excellent and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be having a conversation with you. Oh, How are you too. doing? I'm doing great. I, I also am so excited to chat with you. I've only met you in person one time when we had that Little Women in Whiskeys event in Nashville, but I've been following you for ages and your content is just so life-giving and, you know, promotes this like holistic, mindful lifestyle that so many, so many of us, I think, are trying to trying to embody. So I just, I love your work. I'm so glad you're here. Can you tell all of us just who you are and kind of what your work is in the world? Yes. Well, thank you. Um, first of all, doesn't that event seem 
literally like ages ago. Oh my gosh, ages ago. And I miss gathering like that. Don't you miss just being in a group with women? It's like, oh, yeah, miss those days. But yeah, we will meet again in real life. Um, Yes. So yes, my work at Nutrition Stripped is I, which is, oh my goodness, it's been almost eight years now that I've had the company, but I'm a registered dietitian and I specialize in teaching people how to eat mindfully, really how to trust themselves, Mm. how to connect with themselves, how to reflect, how to think big picture when it comes to their health and nourishing their physical bodies. And really that is kind of a unique philosophy and approach to my work at Nutrition Strip. So I really focus on, of course, first and foremost, nourishing the physical body, but Mm. I love to bring in, like you said, that kind of holistic integrative approach to where we're also paying attention to your lifestyle. Yeah. The support systems you have, the joy that you experience, how you're designing your every day to support your health habits and the ones that you want to let go, the ones that you want to lean into. Mm. And so really, I, I love that work. It's a lot of nutrition. It's a lot of mindset and kind of big picture thinking. And that's really where my gifts are. So I am honored and so grateful to be able to call this my quote job mm. for, like I said, almost going on a decade now, um, working with thousands of clients. We have millions in our community through our website, nutritionstrip.com, which is a huge hub of just great free education, Mm. free recipes, a lot of, lot of free content. Cause I really want to make health as accessible as possible too. So that's really the outlet there. Yeah. And then we offer online programs like the method, which is really walking community clients, anybody through my whole system and framework about how to actually start that mindful eating journey and also reach your goals so that you kind of achieve that health harmony, as Mm -hmm. I like to call it. And we also do one-on-one coaching. So we have a really beautiful ecosystem at the company of where we're really supporting people um, as best as we can in a lot of different pillars. And yeah, I, I love, I love it so much. And um, wake up every day really grateful to, mm. to be able to make an impact in people's lives, however small or, or large that might be. I love that. I love that so much because I think so much of our work in the world is coming back home to our bodies. And that starts with the way that we treat ourselves. And I love that you you probably feel so much joy helping people really experience freedom in the food world. I do. I, it's, it's a lot of patient work mm. in terms of Patience, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily client, uh, patient in the client sense, but patience. And it's a lot of compassion and coaching. Yeah. And so, yes, I think, you know, my own journey and personal experience really is reflected into my pro- professional experience too. So I think, you know, as a woman experiencing you know, diet culture really early on, or even just figuring out like, oh my goodness, what is actually going to work for my body? What right. doesn't work for my body to really help aid my health? Because I had back in the day when I was a teen, I had migraines, I had PMS, really bad hormonal imbalance, digestive mm. issues, and had no idea really the impact of food on the body until I got into um, sports nutrition kind of by default by working out with some friends. And then that kind of cascaded into me really paying attention to what kind of food I put into my body and figuring out which ones worked for me and which didn't. And that also helped me kind of figure out food intolerances that I was dealing with at the time. In addition, it really, it shined a light on the bigger picture Mm. because it 
wasn't just the nutrition element. For me, that was a factor in reaching better health and kind of remedying those those health conditions that I was dealing with. It was also the lifestyle. And that's for me where that philosophy for Nutrition Stripped really blossomed when I was young, in my early 20s. So having that personal experience, I think is so, uh, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful for all of the hard times, all of the dark times, even with my health or mental health to be able to really support other people professionally now. So yeah, it, it is a, it's a great, it's a great shift now. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you, you've said big picture a few times. Can you give us um, a breakdown of what that looks like for you when you refer to health as like the bigger picture? What are we, what are we looking at? Yeah, I love this question because I think so much in our culture too, it's just the way that media, uh, diets, trends, plans, books, uh, celebrity endorsed products, what have you, Mm. they're all really focused on quite short-term results, right? Like if you, if you do dissect the marketing, it's more like five day plan this 21 day, 30 day, Mm. 90 day, look at this before and after. And it's really focused on that short term. So there's, there's a lot of other factors I think that need to come into play when we're addressing our health and really taking care of our bodies fully the way that we deserve. And Mm. it is that long-term picture, because if we just look at the, that short term, first of all, I just think most importantly that we're, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice yeah. because we're, we're, we're not really thinking of ourselves and our health a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Mm. And for some people, even listening, you might be like, Michaela, that's wild. I don't want to be thinking about my health in 10 years, yeah. <laughs> but you really owe that to yourself. Yeah. You know, you have that, uh, you deserve to really step into what is it that I want to feel? You know, how, how is it that I want to feel five years from now or 10 mm-hmm. years from now? What am I doing now that's setting myself up for success later? So I love to be able to just help people kind of take that big step back and assess what, what do you want in your life? Not mm-hmm. only with your health, but also how you want to design your life, where you find joy, where you find support, where you're moving your physical body. So I think setting that tone really, really can start to help people reframe and get out of that whole diet mentality where it's so focused on that short term. And it's also about focusing on the gray area. So much, again, of diets or trends or plans, it's it's like you have to do it all mm. and you have to do it perfectly, yeah. by the way, or it's not good enough. And it's like if you can't go all in with it, with a plan or a trend or a lifestyle change, then why do it at all? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most misleading mindsets you can have because we know this, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are human beings. We are beautiful human beings that can exist in polarity. We have bad days, but we can be grateful for the great things yeah. in our life. Yeah. And same thing with our health. It is so important to, to reframe that all or nothing mentality to embrace the, like the in-between, yeah. to embrace the transition, the limbo, the gray area, to be able to have that, what I call compassionate curiosity to just say, what if I just tried this? What if I said yes to this? What if mm-hmm. I leaned into this one habit today or this one practice today versus putting so much on my plate and then I feel defeated and overwhelmed and I'm not going to make, you know, any progress. Yeah. I really love to, again, like going back to that, thinking about the long term instead of the short term, thinking about that beautiful transition, that journey versus just getting from point A to point B and being all or nothing in the whole scenario. Mm. And um and yeah, and, and a lot of that too, I think it's important to um 
you know, I, I told you this, Kara, I'm such a nerd, but I love to give people like actionable tips yes. and tools and, and tricks and everything. And I, I kind of just want to like go right into one because yes, I please. think it relates to this so beautifully. But one thing that I teach in the method program and all of with our clients is wellness, wellness vision setting. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to be able to really visualize yourself. Again, it could be um, a year from now, it could be 10 years from now, whatever that time frame is, but you're kind of like thinking whether, again, you can write it down in a journal, you can take a Pinterest board, you can cut out magazine, like colors and shapes, whatever kind yeah. of person you are in terms of how you learn and how you, how you, how you work, honor that and dive into that. But really what you're doing is you're thinking about what is my vision for my wellness journey, for my health mm-hmm. in the long term. Like, how do I want to wake up every day? How do I want to yeah. feel? Who's in my life supporting yeah. me? How do I deal with challenges when they, you know, arise? When I'm at an office break room and I'm presented with, you know, sweets and treats that I might not necessarily want, how do I engage in that behavior? Mm-hmm. So I love, I love positioning that. And again, that's just like kind of a high level. Um, I actually have a free ebook. If you are really interested in diving deep on that wellness vision, you can absolutely get it for free on my website, but that's a great start. Yeah, that's so good. I love this too, because I can identify so much with that all or nothing thinking, especially in my early twenties where I, I would like not treat my body well because I didn't feel like I had capacity to do it fully, you know, like I don't Mm -hmm. fully have capacity to eat healthy. So I might as well just eat terribly. And I think for me, a huge shift in my, my thinking, um, started when I, when I kind of almost questioned the question, like originally the question for me was how do I lose five pounds? But then I started questioning that question and being like, I think that's the wrong question. Actually, I don't think this is about five pounds, 10 pounds, any amount of weight. I think this is a bigger question of kind of what you said. What do I want my life to feel like? How do I want my body to feel? How do I want to fall in love with the body that I have and treat it really well? And so once I started changing my questions or even like my mentality around it, that, that, that uh, disposition towards all of or all or nothing kind of started to fall away, which was really interesting for me. Mm. I love that. I, I love that mentality and also that little tool that you have for yourself, like yeah. questioning the question. I think that's so important. Um, that's also what I like to call as reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, you have those moments where you can really ask yourself the honest questions yep. um, and ask yourself and kind of, you know, again, be really compassionate with yourself, but be honest you know, and mm. be able to kind of, um, you know, get it, get it to the straight answer of like, what is the core reason? If you peel back all those layers, why is it that yeah. you, for example, like your example, want to lose weight? Yeah. What might be under that true motivation? Is it that you want to feel more energy or you want to feel more trusting of yourself and your body? Um, you want to, you know, feel aligned or in harmony, like whatever that is for you. But I think that's such a great great tactic. Mm. Okay, Mikel, there are so, I mean, there's so much information out there about health and wellness and the best diet and things like keto and intermittent fasting and blah, blah, blah. And I, I find it really fascinating that in America, especially we have access to like endless knowledge and supposedly some of the world's best healthcare, but yet as a nation, we're plagued with, you know, yo-yo dieting and obesity and so many diseases that are linked to our diets. So In my work, I always want to empower women to walk away from dieting. And I know in your work, you really help people let go of diet culture and that that trendiness around dieting. Can you tell us a little bit 
about what it looks like to even begin that process? Like how does someone come to you and say, I, I want to live in love with my life and my body. How do I start? Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, I will say that that is one pathway. <laughs> you can literally come to us and be like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. I want support and I want one-on-one coaching. Um, I will say from a dietitian's perspective, I love leaning into professional support mm. for sure. Anytime you're feeling like you're navigating any kind of health goal, or if you're feeling like really challenged by your relationship with food and it's really impacting your life every single day, I always urge people, if you can, if you have the access to it, um, get that support one-on-one because that is such a life changer and you can really feel like you're getting getting some results in terms of that mindset shift. Um, In addition to that, though, that's also why I created the method program Mm -hmm. is to walk people through this exact this exact challenge, Mm. which is really, really common. I want to, I want to emphasize that it's so common. So I think the first thing, in addition to going back to what we were just talking about, like having that long-term mentality. So starting to reframe some of your mindsets around how you engage with diets or Mm. trends or plans or feeling the pressure to get X, Y, Z result, like questioning the question, right? (laughs) Yeah. Long-term starting to just notice and be aware and reflect on that gray area. Like where might you be showing up in your life when it relates to your food habits and your eating habits in that all or nothing mentality, just bringing awareness to that alone is a huge, huge first step. Yeah. So honestly, like if you're listening right now and you're in that camp, just thinking about that and having that be your first step is mm. huge. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a fantastic actionable step. Um, I also too, I think food is such, and and you Kara, of course, deal with this so intimately and beautifully, but food is so much more than just that physical nourishment on a Mm, cellular level to our physical bodies. It is about the experience. It's about the joy, the pleasure. It's Mm. about experiencing different cultures and traditions and making traditions of our own. And also it's present in our daily life multiple times a day. So it's really important that we do cultivate a healthy relationship with food because we are living with it for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, um, you know, we should be grateful and we should have that great relationship with food because it is so prevalent and present in our lives and honoring that. So, you know, when you think about diets, when you think about plans or trends, most of them, again, they're so like result focused, they're so short term focused. They also tend to like put our mental energy into being really restrictive Mm. or rigid. And then sometimes that can really start to, yeah, I I really see this a lot actually with like hyper awareness, hyper focus, hypersensitivity on the food experience to an unhealthy manner. So just think about that too. Like that dieting typically will take that joy, that pleasure out of that food experience. Um, Also too, with diets, with trends, with plans, a lot of the problem that I see as well is like built out all about the, the result, the end result, but Mm -hmm. they know nothing about your unique lifestyle, about your unique body, about your life, about your stressors. So in addition to just having that awareness about where you might be, you know, entertaining, I should say that Mm. all or nothing mentality and where you might be able to think longer term versus shorter term. And also just questioning the diets and trends that you're presented with, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, are they really thinking about me? Are they really thinking about my long-term health and my well-being and my 
my worth, right? So I think all of those are actionable steps that anybody could start to implement now if they're like, I have no idea where to start. Yeah, I love that. I I also, you mentioned this earlier, but I think a lot of these diets, what we don't recognize is that they can cause major disruption to our hormonal systems, especially when we go on and off them so often. And I know yeah. for me, in my early 20s, I was a total yo-yo dieter and I it destroyed my hormonal system. And getting my body back into balance took a lot of work and effort. And I think that's kind of this piece that a lot of us don't really understand is that, especially with with modern current diets, like the keto, for example, there's so much research coming out that's saying it's actually really detrimental to women who are pre or perimenopausal because it can mess with your whole like reproductive system. So it's just interesting, like some of the stuff that we can easily digest as like, oh, cool, I'll lose five pounds on keto and not really look at the long-term effects on our our whole whole system. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because there are so there's so much research and studies about long like chronic dieting, for mm, example. And mm-hmm. typically when we're talking about dieting too, most of it's in a calorie deprivation. Yeah. So less calories, right? Like that's that's that um I just want to define that too because it makes so much sense when our hormones get quote out of whack because studies show too that not only with chronic dieting, but when you're calorie deprived, Mm. your satiety hormone, leptin, uh, decreases. So you constantly, like you never feel full basically, right? right? right. So you're always wanting to eat more food, right? At the same time that that's happening, your hunger hormone increases, Mm. right? That seems natural because it's like your body's like, hey, feed me. Yeah. I really need So ghrelin kicks in, it increases, and your body's ability to burn calories uh, decrease as Mm. well. So despite you potentially going on this diet to, quote, lose weight, your ability to burn calories decreases Decreases. because of all these hormonal factors that are happening because your body is just like sending you that message, hey, Mm. I want calories. I I need food. I need nutrition to not only as a female, uh, you know, to – reproduce and to have a menstrual cycle and to cater to the female hormones, but just in general as well. Yeah. And then also you have to think about that mindset. So not only like on a biological level, hormonally, are there changes happening with chronic dieting? I I think the, the mindset, the emotional toll and mm. potentially spiritual toll that it takes on somebody is even more difficult to get over in terms of not impossible because it absolutely is possible and you can change your mindset and you can really work to build up that positive mindset and mm-hmm. healthy relationship with food over time. But again, that dieting really makes you hyper aware. It increases your smell function and mm-hmm. food tastes better. So it's like, it's creating this weird, uh, you know, hunger, true hunger for, for food. And, and then at the same time, you're mentally trying to deprive and restrict and be rigid about it. So yeah. again, I think, uh, I just wanted to highlight that because you brought up such a great point and a lot of people don't think about it having long-term lasting effects and it absolutely does. Yeah. So, Can you unpack for us, you just said this and I'm so curious about it. You just said, um, that it could have an effect on us spiritually. What do you think it, what, how do you think that could affect us spiritually? Oh goodness. I mean, spirituality is so defined uniquely to us. Um, So in terms of my personal definition of that, I think for me, when I 
was going through this in my 20s where I was dieting left and right, trying to find something that worked for me to, again, kind of remedy my health conditions. It made me so hyper-focused, way more hyper-focused and hypersensitive and hyper-aware of food choices to the point where I was trying to kind of like make my life fit around the food choices I was making Mm -hmm, that day because mm -hmm. I really wanted to remedy these migraines and my digestive woes. And I was so almost fearful about it. And for me, it impacted my kind of spiritual connection. I just felt so disconnected from myself. I felt really Mm. out of my body. I felt because I'm a very intuitive person, I feel like I can, yeah, just be aligned and and harmonious, but I felt so distant from that. And that's also how I found, you know, mindful, mindfulness in general. And that's really where my philosophy at for a nutrition strip to stem from was that mindful nutrition and that mindful living approach, because that really supported me and getting out of that mental, emotional, spiritual kind of like slump mm. and connecting back to myself because yeah. I was able to really hone in on those mindfulness strategies, whether it was meditation, which was a huge catalyst for me. Um, also to just paying attention to my hunger cues mm. and to my fullness cues. Like that was a huge step. So, you know, again, if, if you, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're either going through this currently or, or trying to kind of get out of that little slump, um, those are a few little kind of tips that's helped me. But yeah, I think again, like spirituality is so individual, which yeah. is, is beautiful. So that's how it impacted me. I love that. I, as you were talking, I, I keep thinking about how I went to onsite last year and oh, yeah. it was amazing. It was like one of the most transformative things I've ever done. But one of the things that came out of it, the big piece of work that I did came down to this idea of trusting myself. And I, I feel like in the food world, um, taking this to a spiritual level in the food world, in the, in the, how we treat our bodies world. Um, when we are looking for something outside of ourselves. So when we're looking at a diet to tell us how to act, or we're looking at a system to tell us how to treat ourselves, or when we're looking at anything external, what we're doing is we're kind of denying this internal intuitive voice that, that our bodies actually know, like our bodies know exactly what we need, but it really is like fine tuning that listening ability and then trusting it. And I think for me, I spent so many years of my life not trusting myself specifically in the food world too, just not really trusting my body to, to do what it needs to do. And I think once I began to kind of heal that, that mentality or almost that relationship where I started to realize my body is always actually trying to protect me. So even when you're, you know, you're telling us like, um, like with hormonal changes, the, the body might go into burning less calories. That's a really protective mechanism of the body, right? Like it's trying to protect us from, from starvation or whatever it might be. So I think I just love what you said, cause I feel like it all really does come back to, to trusting yourself. And I'm going to, I'm going to take this into a question because you mentioned it, but when you say mindful eating, I really do think it all comes down to our intuition, right? It all comes down to like knowing this inner voice and and listening to it. Can you tell us on a practical level, what does mindful eating look like? How do you teach it? What are some, yeah, what are some tools we can, we can look at when we, when we want to mindfully eat? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm happy to go into mindful eating. Before I do that, I just want to say 
thanks for sharing that story because I think that's going to resonate with so many people. It resonated mm. with me. I love that connection point. And I think so many women in particular, especially because I, I work mostly with women, but yeah. men and women go through that mentality. And it really is about trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. You are your biggest health advocate. And that's not to say that you do not need, you know, doctors and dietitians. You need them. That's yeah. a fantastic support system for you. But at the core of it, trusting yourself to know something feels off mm-hmm. or feels aligned is only for you to define and for only you to discover and, mm-hmm. and, and understand so that you can then take that next best action or that intentional action that's really going to support you and getting, you know, back to your back to your alignment, back back on your health path. So I did want to call that out because I think that is so crucial. And it also is part of mindful eating. Mm-hmm. So when I look at mindful eating, there are so many definitions, but my definition of mindful eating is really paying attention to your body, trusting the food process, trusting your body, what it's telling you in terms of those internal signals. And it's really based on what, how, and why you eat. Mm. So it's really about that, of course, physical eating process. So for example, what you eat, obviously Mindful eating is fantastic when we're talking about the mindset part of it, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a huge part that we do have to pay attention to and we have to make sure that we're actually nourishing our physical body. So it is really important that we know, um, you know, just as human beings that we understand like the basics of nutrition 101 and Mm -hmm. we understand why it is that we need to consume all the macronutrients at, you know, all of our meals like protein, fat, carbohydrates and why they are, why they exist in nature and also Mm. why they work synergistically. So a really simple framework that I've been using for almost a decade, I started out using like a checkbox system inspired by kind of an old school plate model and the dietetic curriculum. And what I'd synthesized it down because I like to make it really actionable and super simple for my clients is called the foundational five elements of nutrition. Mm. So the foundational five are your macronutrients, but it also engages in my unique kind of philosophy here on mindful eating. So breaking that down really quickly, it's making sure that when you're approaching your meals, you have non-starchy carbohydrates. Mm. Now those are like your vegetables, your green leafy veggies, your cucumbers, your red bell peppers, all that good stuff. You have your starchy carbohydrates and ideally from whole food sources. And I like to group both sugary and starchy carbohydrates in that same category. Mm. And that's like your fruit, dairy would fall into that category, pastas, breads, grains, anything that most people think is a carb falls into that starchy carbohydrate category. And then you have your fat. So all the great plant-based fats like nuts, seeds, avocado, olive oil, even fats, of course, from animal-based sources, if that's part of your lifestyle, like salmon or, you know, CLA from grass-fed meat and beef, excuse me. And then you have, um, next up, you have the flavor factor, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> Me too. Really <laughs> yes, you totally would love this one. Um, that really merges the 
the joy and the pleasure mm. and the like the delicious factor of your food because you want to make sure that your food is yes nourishing on a physical level but that it's also enjoyable so mm-hmm. you keep coming back for more and you're you know you're creating that repetition and that consistency for yourself on a habit um, mindset shift and then um so yeah flavor factors herbs spices condiments dressings all of that good stuff mm. and then the last one is protein so protein whether it's plant-based protein animal-based protein those are your this is a Again, like nutrition science 101, you're talking about your macronutrients, making sure that they're present every meal. I have a lot of fun little graphics on in that free ebook that I mentioned earlier. If you're really curious about like what it actually looks like visibly, I have a few graphics there. But that's really important to think about what you're eating as part of mindful eating. Mm. And then also how. So how are you actually carrying out those behaviors? Like, are you cooking? Are you getting takeout? Are you meal planning? What's your environment like? Mm. So how are you setting up your environment for success? Like your kitchen, is that supporting your health habits with mindful eating? Um, And then also the why too is going through really looking at those check-ins. Like where's my hunger at? Where is my fullness at? Mm -hmm. And where's my energy at? Am I feeling stressed? Am I really hungry right now? Um, what would make this meal like a 10 on the satisfaction scale, you know, 10 being high satisfaction so I can really enjoy it. Mm. So those are all tips and tools that I teach in the method program as well. But it is a combination of those, like the, what, the, how, the, why, and how they all work together synergistically so that you can begin to trust your body and nourishing your body with the food that it needs. Mm. But you can also start to have that reflection and that awareness come into place that you can start to reframe some of that, again, some of those mindsets that you might need to around your relationship with food. Yeah. So good. Can you tell us a little bit, maybe some tips around creating a supportive environment? Like what is it, what does it look like to have a a kitchen that feels environmentally friendly when we're, when we're trying to put together these, these balanced meals or what are some environmental triggers maybe that, that we might run into? Yeah, this is such a great question. So most of us, um, well, I shouldn't say most of us because all of our lifestyles are so different, um, especially nowadays too. But if you're cooking and eating at home in your kitchen, what does your kitchen look like? Mm. Um, For example, like I'm such a big proponent of clear space, clear mind. So for example, if you have like all of your office, like work on your dining table where you should be quote eating your meal, or you have like just a lot of clutter in the physical space where you're eating, that could be a really quick tip, actionable tool for you to do right now is mm. to like clean, like actually clean your kitchen or at least one area that you can designate your eating area. Yeah. That way, not only are you visibly kind of cued in to, oh yeah, that's where I eat. So when I sit there, I'm kind of getting in that mindset. Mm. You know, it, it supports your your thought process. So you might be able to be more apt to check in with your hunger and your fullness cues when you have that consistency and you have that that environment that's stable for that for that action, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, another thing too, like logistic outside of just setting up a designated spot for eating, whether it's a dining table, kitchen island, wherever it is, um, is to also set up your kitchen for success. So to mm. take a look at your pantry, how is it organized? How is it, how is it stocked? Are you putting the things that you really want to nourish your body with like front and center? So when you first open your pantry, you see it right away. Mm. 
Um, same with your refrigerator. Like how can you kind of just create that flow that really supports you in cooking and doing the meal prep that you'd like to, and then in actually consuming the meal versus like, you know, so many of us do this. I am human. So it's not like I'm this like mindful eating unicorn over here. <laughs> and I love to like have date night with my husband and eat pizza in front of a TV. But totally. is that my everyday thing? No, but like I know how to gauge it and, you know, kind of spend most of my time, yes, being mindful. But like setting yourself up for success in that way can be so, so helpful. So yeah. another thing too is like, little tips that you can do in terms of your environment is thinking about uh, kind of, this is a little bit more subjective or reflective, but when you notice that you are out and about, like maybe you're dining out with your friends or your family, you're going over to a friend or family member's house for dinner, how do your actions change Mm. in those physical environments? Because you're not in the comfort zone of your own kitchen. Mm. Uh, how does, how do those behaviors change? Cause it's human nature that they do change and it's not a good or a bad thing. It just is something to be reflective of so that you can understand how your behaviors might change in those situations. Mm-hmm. And then asking yourself, Hey, is that behavior aligned with my wellness vision that I mentioned earlier, or is it really taking me off on a path that just doesn't feel right to me? Mm. So that could be another great kind of environment. Uh, trigger to look for. That's so good. I love that too, because I always, I always say like eat in beauty, like make something beautiful because it matters. Like it matters to savor something, to look at a meal, to see the beauty in it and then actually ingest it. And I have a friend who calls, um, he calls, well, he called my food, but he calls food in general, like the eternal burning man. (laughs) Like it's something that we, (laughs) we create and we create this like masterpiece and then we get to ingest it and it's no longer there. But I do think there's such power in making something beautiful for yourself and really savoring it. Yeah, I love that, Kara. And you do such, in your work, you do such a great job of really cultivating and creating a more positive experience around meals. Mm, And that's so important for us to do. Whether you're solo or you have a family of four that you're feeding or you're in a couple, whatever it is, um, creating a positive experience around your meals is so important because it really does again, it's like that extra level of appreciation and gratitude. And like, it's almost like this beautiful gift and present that Mm. you're physically presenting to yourself Mm -hmm. and and you deserve it. Like you deserve that gift of nourishment and of abundance. And so to just say to your physical body, like, Hey body, I love you. I'm going to take care of you in this moment and make it special and make it beautiful. Or I'm going to decorate the table or I'm going to take a few deep breaths before eating this meal. And like, just thank everybody who grew this food um, and processed this food for it to get to my table right now. Um, yeah, I, I think that's such an important and key part of mindful eating as well. Totally. So, so much of my work historically was gathering people around food and it's something that I love. I love the dinner party. You know, I love the, I love the fact that when we, when we do bring food around a table and we get to sit down and we look at each other in the eye, it changes our food experience. So now with current times, so many of us don't really have access to gathering in the same way. Is there any tips you have on how we can still make this mealtime a connective, um, a connective experience, not only for ourselves, but with one another? Yes. 
I love this question. So I would say the tips that we kind of just dove into a little bit about creating a positive experience around meals. Mm -hmm. I think that can be applied to, to yourself, but in terms of like the communal aspect, that's, uh, I mean, lately to be honest and pre COVID-19, I guess we could call it. I am a huge fan of technology um, because most of my family lives in Ohio. I'm in Tennessee. Mm. And so I've had to get used to having that, like, you know, having that community and family connection around the table without actually physically being around the table. So I love having like happy hours or dinners where we're both making the same thing, Mm. which I think a cute idea like maybe you send a recipe to your family or your friend who is you know not in your physical space and you're both on a zoom call or on a skype or a facetime and you're both making the same meal and you're sitting down and you're literally just like catching up as you would obviously it's different but it's kind of the next best option and it's really fun to like kind of play around with that um And also like just depending on who your support system is, like I will spam all of my friends and family with food pictures. That's who I am. I love (laughs) like beyond my Instagram at nutrition stripped. I am always like sending my brother like really weird childhood combination like snacks. And he'll be like, oh my gosh, I remember that. Like, I love that. You know, because again, like food is that connection piece. I love um, that. And I'm, I'm honestly just going to go ahead and share with you one of these weird combos. And, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> because I feel like you would ask me, but I, um, it, and it might be like a Midwest thing. We're from Ohio, but we would always make these like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with potato chips yes. on it. Yes. I'm from Michigan. We would do this all the time. It's like the sweet, salty, crunchy, creamy texture. Oh, it's so good. Like, like bomb. Um, so anyway, like I love sending pictures <laughs> of like recipes for them to make or that I'm experimenting with or even if I'm making something again and it reminds me of a person and an experience that I had in my life or in my childhood, I like just tell them that. I'm mm. like, I miss you. Like I'm eating this. It's making me think of you, um, you know, love you. And it's just a great way to connect. So those are just a few things I do. I love that. It's also such a, a positive way to like create memory around food because so, sometimes food can be so triggering but to create this like fun memory and and attach it to a person I love that so much my sister and I do that we <laughs> I feel like every night I'm like what are you making for dinner even if we're not doing it together I'm like what are you making and she's in Michigan and probably eats more Midwest than I do and I'm like oh man I miss making nachos <laughs> that was the best <laughs> so fun oh. Love that. Uh, Mikkel, we just have a couple minutes left and I ask everyone a final question. Can I ask you it? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. My question for you is, what does it look like to live a connected life? I love this question. I think the theme of our conversation and what comes top of mind to me immediately is trusting yourself Mm. to take the next best action and to engage in those practices every day that really make you feel taken care of in the Mm. best way that you know how. So good. I love that. (laughs) I'm like letting that digest for a second. That's so beautiful. Um, Mikkel, you are so wonderful. You're so insightful. Thank you for all of this, not only practical knowledge, but also just, just your holistic view on how we can treat our bodies well and live connected lives. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really grateful for conversations like these and um absolutely I'm happy to 
to answer any questions too from anybody who's listening. You can find me at Nutrition Stripped on Instagram. Give me a hello after you listen to this. And um, and yeah, and on, of course, my website, nutritionstrip.com, if you want to hop into that free ebook with the wellness vision exercise or browse hundreds of recipes, articles, all that good stuff. I'm here to support you. So yeah, yes. thank you so much for allowing me to to share my passions with everybody today. Of course, everyone needs to go follow you immediately, not only for the practical tips, but also you have very beautiful food imagery and we will all be more inspired to make more beautiful lunches. <laughs> so good chatting with you and we will we will talk soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Kara. Have a good one. You bet.